That was William Orbit's remix, reproduction, of Alien, which was featured on Britney Spears' 2013 album, Britney Jean, which peaked at number four on the Billboard 200 and peaked at number three on the Billboard vinyl sales. Now, Alien itself did in fact hit US radio on December 2nd, 2013, and it was played in over 60 radio stations in the United States. It would go on to peaking at number eight on the Bubbling Under on Billboard, and it would be on Billboard charts for streaming songs, peaking at number 50. Now, today's guest is returning guest, Anthony Preston. We break down Alien and continue his talk and his experience with Britney Spears. So hi everyone, my name is James Rodriguez Horton, the host of The Original Doll. On The Original Doll, I interview songwriters and producers of your favorite music. We go from the global hits to the deep cuts to the unreleased, all the while helping charity. For every question a guest answers, we get an item donated to charity. And if you're listening on Apple Podcast, if you're not, be sure to. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, we will get an item donated for every listen we get within the first 24 hours of the release of this episode. So tell everyone about this. Follow me on Instagram, the.original.dal, TikTok at the James Rodriguez, R O D R I G U E Z, Twitter at James Rodriguez, once again, R O D R I G U E Z. And on Twitter, it's the account that the official Britney Spears uh, account follows. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about Alien. There was a lot of discussion about when the original version without autotune leaked and William Orbit commented on it. But this I wanted to add in here because this is very specific. There tends to be a lot in different fandoms where people take a little word, take a little thing, and make it seem like it's a completely different situation. I'll go into that right now. So back on October 14th, 2013, William Orbit confirmed that he had produced a song called Alien. Now on October 16th, uh, a Britney Spears fan tweeted, Lady Gaga is going to be featured on the new song Alien. And then, you know, a day later, all of these other sites are like, it's Britney Spears featuring Lady Gaga or Britney Spears and Lady Gaga working on Alien. And so uh, William Orbit later, a couple weeks later on April or April, on October 29th, William Orbit said there is no collaborations. And on that day, Britney Spears also revealed that the song Alien would be on her album. Now, you may wonder where this thought of Lady Gaga being featured on this came from. There are a lot of people, once again, in fandoms that take a little bit of something and then just change it to whatever narrative they want. Well, back in October 7th of that year, Will I Am had commented on Lady Gaga's post where Lady Gaga was uh, revealing that Art Pop, her album, was coming. And, you know, for the Born This Way album and everything, Lady Gaga had this different persona, this alien persona. And she, you know, she's Lady Gaga. She does, she thinks outside of the box. William Orbit commented, or not William Orbit, Will I Am commented and said, you know, Art pop, you know, he's that, you know, he was excited for it and said, hashtag creative alien. From there, this Britney Spears fan took that a couple days later and said, oh, it was confirmed. It's, you know, Gaga is working on this Britney Spears song, Alien. Those two things had nothing to do with each other. But somebody in the fandom decided to kind of go with that. Um, and I just thought it was interesting. So fast forward the end of October. Uh, Britney reveals Alien's going to be a part of it. Now, November 18th, the song leaks. And what's interesting is if you 
do any sort of Googling to go back to see what websites leaked this or how did this come about. You can actually find out a lot from uh, going back. So it leaks on uh, November 18th. Now, at the time, in December, Britney was being asked questions through Apple Music. They did a lot of like Q&As and everything online. And the Britney Spears Twitter account uh, had asked, you know, Apple Music had said, what was the song your favorite to record from this project? And she said, Alien. And uh, she would go on to say, you know, she typically makes albums that are a lot more fun and pop dance records. And that Britney Jean, the album, has a few but dot dot dot. She goes on on that day to talk about how she wanted to be personal. She wanted to be more introspective. And what's interesting is Britney Spears has cited, you know, Ray of Light as one of her favorite albums. And that was Madonna's Ray of Light album. And what was interesting about that album was, you know, working with William Orbit, working with all these different producers, Madonna created an album that was so personal, but topically you'd think it was just a strict dance album. And so if you go back to Madonna's album, listen to that Ray of Light album with Frozen and everything, a lot of people can take for granted, you know, oh, it's just this dance album. But there's always a lot of feelings and emotions in that. I've always said that I believe Britney Spears thought she was making her most personal album or that idea of that because the songs like Anthony Preston mentioned before that she wanted to write about or even the songs from other albums they were always personal songs that were a little left of center so now we're going back in time now back in December of 2013 right after the Britney Jean album was released Britney had uh the Britney account had tweeted fingers crossed we can fit Alien into the show on the next go around I must bring this song to life so as we learned more and more from all these different people that worked with Britney Spears is Britney always had an ear for music and she always wanted to do something that was different than what people might think. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I think it should be known that the song Alien, if you just go back and listen to the lyrics, and we're going to be playing more and more snippets of it, listen to the lyrics and think about, no matter what you think about vocal production, her vocals, pre-autotune, post-autotune, reworking, anything. Just go back to the lyrics and think, are there certain lyrics in here that we would think connected to Britney Spears more than anything else? And we also find out which parts of the song were incomplete by the time it came to Britney for Britney to be able to add her, her own lyrics in there. So I'm going to stop talking. But once again, my name is James Rodriguez Horton, uh, and we're going to start talking with Anthony Preston again. And we have a few more episodes coming out this week uh, that we are releasing. We wanted to separate these out so that they could stand on their own because it seems as though the Britney Jean album it was a lot of songs kind of pushed together and now looking at what albums are nowadays it seems like that's the way albums are going a bunch of songs just put together now there is a theme in some of these songs and we're going to talk about that but I'll stop talking uh, my name is James Rodriguez Horton and this is the original Dow. I always wondered, you as, you know, being one of the captains of the ship, I never understood who ultimately would have come down to be like, hey, we want this song to be the lead single and this song to open the album. Like, what does, 
who ultimately gets the final say when you decide this is an album, this is how we're moving forward with it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you know, so much has come to light in the past year <laughs> about the world that is uh, Britney. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, I think I want to take a step back and say captains of the ship. I, you know, I never, I get a lot of, I get way more credit than I was due. Okay. Um, as far as captain of the ship is concerned, you know, my role in that project really was in my mind was doing the best that I could at that point of my career to keep um, things moving, uh, to keep an artist who um, is now telling everyone what she was going through real time, um, relatively motivated to do the work, um, to try at that chapter of my career, to navigate political and um, just an incredible amount of horseshit as we're all learning, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) To the degree that, um, to the degree that, when I think about it now, I wish I had been stronger. I wish I had been where I am now. Um, I wish I could have done more for her. That's probably one of my biggest regrets that both inside the studio and outside the studio, I wish I could have done more. Um, you know, I'm very cautious about what I share if anything about our private conversations, just uh, out of respect. Um, but I will share one thing she said, because I think it's, um, it's obviously where she isn't right now. And, and, it's, and it's the something she said that really stuck with me all these years um, and makes me happy to see her now. Um, you know, and transparently she shared a lot of the things she's sharing with the world with me then. And I remember one day in particular, she said that I, I wish, she said, I used to be so strong. I used to be in control of my career. And it was a part of a bigger conversation. And now I see her being strong and taking the reins back on her career and her life. And it gives me a sense of peace in a way. Uh, I always knew she'd be okay at the end of the day. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And I. And I just always wish I could have done more to um, anytime that someone's asking you for help, you want to help if you can, right? Um, But as we're all learning, or most people are learning, you know, it was such a highly controlled um, situation that... um, it was a highly controlled situation. And, you know, I was newer to this space mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, 
which made it very difficult for me to um, support her the way, you know, I think she wanted. So, you know, I did the best I could um, under the circumstances is what I'll say. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of questions about the album and things like that. And I, and I always leave that to her to, um, you know, decide if she's going to talk about it, you know, directly. Um, but it doesn't take a rocket science <laughs> to, to, to see the playing field for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and were mistakes made? Of course, mistakes were made. Mistakes are always made. Um, were some of them controllable? Yes, yeah, some of them were controllable. But like I always think to myself, that's because y'all were worried about the wrong things, right? <laughs> like it's like water gets to the cracks when when people are self-interested and self-motivated. Mm-hmm. And this work product isn't their their primary focus. Um, so I get, you know, I think it's always interesting when you look at um, when you look at like the credits on the project and you say to answer your question, who's the person doing that? Um, usually it's the A&R is who it is. Um, and the A&R for this was Larry Rudolph, Adam Lieber and, oh, Rainey's Right, Rainey Hancock. Um, that's okay. She's on the head. She's now the head of A&R for Columbia Records. Um, and she's a dynamic and amazing executive um, and a very successful um, A&R uh, person. But even to her benefit, I, yeah, that, <laughs> you got me on a minefield right now. <laughs> um, you know, it, I, I mean, I think that that says a lot and I, and I, and I, and I know that you know, both in my role, um, and I don't want to speak for others, but but I know that the label representatives were also very challenged. Um, you know, if you notice, the labels were not on the inside of the situation, if you know what I'm saying, yep. mm-hmm. right? Like, 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 you don't hear Columbia or Sony speaking out saying, hey, you know, are being implicated into yep. the storyline. Um, some of those people um, are being implicated into the storyline. Mm-hmm. And fairly so. Absolutely. You know? um, despite their public protest. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and these are all factors that go into those things. These are all factors that go into those things like, you know, what song goes out or what writers are chosen or who's producing what or who's deciding when a song is ready, you know? Um, and I think I'll say this for... You know, the other thing is you don't hear a lot of implication from, uh, you know, our side of the house either. Um, I think that we were all dealing with as a label, as a production house, um, we were all dealing with circumstances and issues that were so far beyond our comprehension and control in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And really trying to do best by the artists and the music as best we could while muddling through um this muck that the public is just now learning about mm-hmm. so well and i and i think the the i think and it's it's and thank you for just being open and honest and and you know what i like is you just like many other collaborators in general whatever relationship you have 
you know, with an artist, with a recording artist, those moments where they're just talking and, you know, just about their day-to-day things. A lot of people are like, let me keep that private. Cause it's, that's not for the world to know. You know what I mean? Like that, that aspect. Right. Hopping out quickly to give a shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for keeping this podcast up and running. For those who don't know, Patreon's a way for you to donate as little as a dollar a month to be able to keep this podcast open and free for all. It does cost to make these episodes, to house these episodes, to distribute these episodes. So I'll keep making them as long as we can keep this for free. So thank you so much to my Patreon pra- patrons from... Ben to Rochelle to Tommy to uh, Luke to Freddie to Steve to Ryan to Adam, uh, Jenny, uh, Tommy T, Tommy J. Uh, thank you all so much. And, and for the rest of the patrons, thank you so much. You can find it at www.theoriginaldoll.com. Uh, there's an automatic pop up right there. But this is something that I wanted to really spend time with in this episode to give people a bit more about. Anthony's relationship with Britney Spears and what he had seen and what he was dealing with. And I've always respected all the collaborators who said, you know, if Britney tells me not to say A, B, and C, I'm not going to say A, B, and C. And there was a big, you know, a, a large group that was saying, well, all the NDAs are done if Britney Spears' conservatorship is done. So everyone should tell everything. And people need to remember that Britney Spears did confide in people on her own things. And so these people are choosing not to release that information because that's respecting her. Uh, And I know that there's a lot of people that said, well, you know, he should tell us what she said and what she was, you know, doing. And it's like, no, if we truly want the free Britney, we need to allow Britney to tell her side of the story with what she was going through and what she was feeling. The original doll was created to get the behind the scenes from the village behind the scenes, the people behind the scenes from their point of view. So... And I think from the from the feedback uh, I've been receiving from many people is that they understand that. But this episode, like I said, we still have more right now as soon as I jump back in. But it's important. And now think about what you just learned and go back to Alien and the lyrics. Go back to that. You know, and keep in mind what he said about who is in charge of handling this and that. Uh, there are very specific words that are being used. Uh, in here for a reason. So uh, go ahead and just, we're going to hop back into this, but don't forget to find me on uh, Instagram.original.dell. And for those wondering, yes, we do have our big, um, more world exclusives. Uh, The musical director of Circus, Simon Ellis, the musical director of Femme Fatale, Simon Ellis, and he's worked with Westlife Steps, Spice Girls. We're going to be going into all of that in some episodes with Simon Ellis with some exclusive content. So don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcast, so that you get notified right away. All right, back to the show. I feel like everything that I've seen from day one with her, she's a creative person in the sense of whether she wants to dance or teach dance to kids, creatives don't just turn that off that eventually there's that creative spirit in you that just goes, you know what? She may paint in her garden. You know, she may, she may like, you know, paint rocks or whatever it is. But I think um, the hard part is when we as the outsiders, not even you, but we as the outsiders looking in fully, it's, you just see that there's a lot of people that were being named left and right that were taking advantage of a situation. And the hard part is, you as a collaborative of hers trying to figure out, okay, if she wants this, if we're working on this, like when you talked about the hold on tight story, like if she wants this song, if she wants to do this thing, 
how do I make sure that we can give her that while trying to balance? Because still, no matter what, early on in her- While trying to keep your head on your shoulders. Yes, yes. While, <laughs> while trying to keep your head on your shoulders and make sure you don't end up on the guillotine. Exactly. I mean, and that's a very difficult place to navigate. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, this is supposed to be, from an artist's perspective, this is supposed to be your moment. You know, part of my, part of how I feel, and I'm being really transparent right now and vulnerable even, um, is this was supposed to be my moment. You know, I had the skills, I had the, the talent, um, not always the support, but and from a storyline perspective, you know, I showed up ready to, um, you know, have my moment per se. And I, and I don't want to make it sound like I got nothing out of it. That's not true. But I really wanted to be there for her creatively in a way that, you know, I wanted to be there and, and, and to um, have something masterful come out of it. Um, and I think, you know, we, there's some cool records there, definitely. Um, you know, some big records, definitely. Um, and I just, I just think it's unfortunate that on a very personal level, um, let me also say this. I did not read, no matter what she told me, um, the magnitude of it, I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that. So I can't imagine what, so even when I think about our time together and things she would say to me, um, I reprocess it now from a different place. And with all these other truths later on, um, and it just really makes me just, I just wish I, I wish I, I wish I'd been stronger to help. I wish I would have been in a better position to help her. So how do you, how do you look at the, the project now in the eyes of post her speaking out and everything versus pre, like have things changed? Do you look at things differently or, you know, so, because the, the one thing I, I think she said in an interview that there were almost like 40 plus songs being considered for this project if not more that there was just a lot of stuff coming her way Mm -hmm. is there things where you're like well that makes sense that maybe somebody said nope you can't touch upon this theme these songs no like don't move past that do you look at any of those decisions yeah in a different light no not so much i mean i don't i mean and those decisions were above my pay grade so you know i was present for some of those conversations and some of those conversations i i wasn't um, I, I, you know, there's always this inclination in the industry sometimes. And, you know, again, we're talking about, um, you know, when, I'm, when, when management teams are heavily involved in the a process, um, some of those things get politicized a little differently. The creative takes a backseat. Mm. So now we're looking at who's hot right now. So C is hot right now. And, you know, which was the case then. Um, and okay, so we'll test these songs, but the Sia song, you know, might get more treat. And don't get me wrong, Sia is absolutely yeah. 
Like, oh yeah, my queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's all good. Like, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. My queen, yeah. I bow before you. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't. I mean, Lord, girl, like, how do you do it every time? <laughs> you know? so, so that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that, um, you know, these decisions become less about the work and the creative, and more about you know, statistics. And, mm. and that's a problem in our industry in general, right? Like teams are, so I, I remember a couple of years ago, I had a meeting at a label and I can't remember which one it was. And they told me that um, they just formed a new analytical A&R team, which was different than the creative A&R team. And I remember thinking to myself, I know, and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, analytical A&R, that's going to be a thing now? Like, where the numbers are <laughs> like, like but, but again, an open market with 35,000 songs every day, you know, that's just kind of, I mean, these are, these are business people. I need a, I need a drink and, after hearing that part. I'm like, oh my I God. I need a drink after hearing that as well. <laughs> but so then it becomes, you know, people are, you know, in, 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 doing my research with everything, then it becomes, okay, this is the hot entity. This is the hot producer songwriter. Let's grab them just to throw something on there because whatever they make, there's a possibility this is going to, you know, shoot upward. Um, with the, the Sia thing, was she brought on early on in the, the production or was this kind of like, hey, we're, we want some more tracks? You know what I mean? Like how early on was that? Um, I don't remember specifically, mm-hmm. like timeline-wise. Um, you know, nothing surprised me, you know, in, in terms of like, and it was a really short and tight, like, I do remember there was a, a sense of urgency from a timeline perspective. Um, there was always that it was something to do with the, the Vegas show. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of just a lot of moving parts and things were moving really, really quickly. Uh, yeah, that's got to be that's got to be difficult because, of course, there's always a deadline where they're like, where you know, billboards are paid. We have this, we have this, but also if you're given such a short amount of time, or even you don't, you don't have access to Britney Spears twenty four seven, you know, to get stuff no, done. Not at all. She was still, she was still flying here and doing this and doing that. So you know, she was still Britney Spears mm-hmm. in that respect. Um, you know. I, I think what's I think what's most interesting is just understanding that this was it was a very thick time for her. It was a very hard time for her. Um, and she's telling us real time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I was going through. This is what I was dealing with. And she's, you know, she's not holding any secrets, really. Mm-hmm. She's being very transparent and vulnerable. Um, and courageous, right? She's, she has a lot, she's being very courageous right now. I think that that deserves to be, you know, applauded yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, um, vulnerability and shame, the shame that she's fighting through to speak her truth and tell her story is her way out. Um, and obviously the news last week <laughs> was, you know, um, you know, I can't imagine how she feels. You know, I, us as the fans or you as the collaborators, it's like there's the point where it's like you are even like, fuck, this is like 
it's that it's it's that exhale that moment it's not ending everything everything wasn't solved but it's just a step to go take a breath and on to the next thing because what i appreciate with her is you know britney spears has had you know these iconic songs for you know 20 years now you know she's been in the game for a while and i think that she's always done well because i think she has that strength in her that it's like she can be that girl next door thing but also that she's coming out and she's letting this out like many people may say well, I'm just not going to say anything if it's a public court hearing in any case, you know what I mean? And she's like, here is my voice. This is an quote where it's like, I forgot who it is, but it's like, speak, even if your voice trembles, like just right. do that. And I think as somebody who is, you know, a, a fan of the art that she's put out there, I think it was great. And then this, the conservatorship adjustment, if you will, whatever, I'm just like, next, next thing. And it's like, right. and I look at her, the songs, and we could all look back and go, oh, the song Cinderella early on meant this, or Lucky meant this. And, you know, and a lot of those we can just put in references in our own mind. But I think what I appreciate is the fact that here we are collaborators and in every one that I've talked to, in my experience, not, no people have said, oh, she went there and she was like, you know, shut up, listen to me, do as I say. She wasn't like, oh, you know what? I'm just done. I want to, you know, waste my time or leave. Like there wasn't these, these explosive things where a lot of people tried saying, oh, I bet she's like that in the studio, but not one person was like, she's like, she's game to be in there. She's like, okay, what, what do we do? What do we need to do? She is so much fun. She's so sweet. She was, you know, talkative and we'd watch YouTube videos and talk about <laughs> boy. Like, like all, like it was, it was all of those things. And, you know, at the same time, you could just still acknowledge that there was a fight going on. Um, and this was in some ways the escape from the fight. You know, it was like, this is, this is where I get to be normal and, and, and take it off. So I remember, you know, even the day like with Hold On Tight, where she was like, um, I wrote a song and I want to, you know, and I was like, well, let's record it. And she's like, we're not going to get in trouble. And I was like, how do we get in trouble? You're the boss. <laughs> like, like, I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking to myself. Like, you know, how do we get, like, if, you, if you're in the mood to do this today, let's do that. And that was the genesis of the Hold On Tight song. So, um, I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, not the genesis of the song. No, 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 no. Written the song yeah. Head, but you know, that was how like, it went into, came into play. So, I was happy that I was able to help her, you know, throw that out there. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, <laughs> happy to help her. well, and it's crazy because I remember as soon as like the recording sessions are, of course, everyone is like, oh my goodness, Brittany might be recording this song and this producer's working there. And there's a lot of like people like there was this demo and a lot, I'm like, okay, sure, sure. They're like, I worked in the studio with Brittany. I'm like, sure. Okay, sure. I'm like, you know, yeah. you, you said you you recorded with her and she was in the studio with you when she was on tour for Femme Patel. That doesn't make sense. You know, she's <laughs> in a different country that specific day you said. But what I like is, you know, in, in going through these songs and everything, and I kind of wanted to um, have you talk a little bit about like some of the, because I think there's some great lyrics in here because I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I kind of want to throw a song and be like, hey, if you remember this or, you know, this this verse, I really like this or that sort of thing, because you're also, you're creative 
you're a listener mm-hmm. and you're somebody who is an executioner with things. Mm-hmm. So, because I always wondered like Alien, because I loved Alien and I, that was William Orbit, correct? Was that William Orbit? It James? was. Yeah. And how was that, by the way? Because William Orbit's a name that everyone in the music knows of, whether it's Ray yeah. of Light. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to, we didn't get a chance to work with William specifically. The way that that one in particular worked, um, he was in Europe at the time. And so he just sent the song over and there were, like, I think the second verse and the second pre were wide open. And um, that was a good day. Uh, <laughs> That was a good, and we just had a lot of fun that day. She said something really sweet to me that day that always rings in my head. Um, she, she was like, "Oh, you're the, my, um, you're the favorite. You're the, my favorite writer that I've ever worked with." Uh, when I we so she 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 goes, "Will you?" We play. I played her the song. I got. I think I got the song from wherever the songs were coming from, and there was the gap for her to write. And I wanted to give her space to write. And she was like, will you help me? And I was like, well, yeah, we can write together, sure. And so we started writing it together. And, you know, it was just a lot of fun. Um, and she was like, oh, my God, I, you know, like she gave me a hug and a kiss. She was like, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> That's <laughs> we had so much fun that day. Um, that was just a really good day. But it really, you know, just, it, it's really more just, who she really is, not who people think she is, but who she really is. And so we we wrote that that day. And um, yeah, we wrote that that day. And we had a great time doing it. Cross through the universe to get where you are. Travel the night riding on a shooting star. Was lonely then, like an had to get used to the world that I was on. So now that we hear what songs Britney Spears uh, lent her writing to, uh, I think it's it gives more insight into this song. And for those who were listening, yes, if you listened closely, uh, words were chosen that were very specifically chosen for that specific reason. Um, and as we now know, and we have more episodes coming up with uh, Anthony Preston this week, going over different um, some of the remaining Britney Jean songs, is... In a normal situation, you have the A&R person. Usually the A&R person tends to be somebody from the creative side, somebody from the label. And that's the experience that has been talked about with different guests, not just on, you know, Britney Spears projects. And then when you have two of the three A&R people are an artist management, and if there's a disconnect, if there is a um, war, creative wars, or who picks what song and things like that, I always feel like in general, if you have more people fighting over one thing, it's harder um, instead of one person deciding ultimately. So I think that many of you listeners know hearing about this has become, there are things that we assumed and there are things that we knew. And I like that Anthony respected Brittany and his time with Brittany and the time that she was vulnerable and the time that she shared those things with him. Um... And he's not going to go into details like, you know, she said the first time she did X, Y, and Z was this thing, or she, you know, you know, doesn't like this person, or whatever it is, that the original Doll with James Rodriguez is always about the guest's point of view. And I think it was interesting, and that's why I wanted to keep Alien its own separate entity. We have more coming up, and, and we'll end up with the, the conclusion of 
the interview. We did three different interviews going over this, and some of these were you know, recorded, some of these interviews in general were recorded before the conservatorship ended. Some of them uh, were recorded before Free Britney. Uh, the Free Britney movement got media attention, I should say. And some were recorded after the conservatorship, the termination and everything. So if you're trying to figure out, like, what was the court hearing last week or what were they working at? That's all it is. So once again, this is James Rodriguez Horton. Don't forget to join me on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And you'll be able to keep this podcast up and running. And over the next few weeks, we have, uh, like I said, there's some big uh, episodes coming up. We're going to be deep diving into the entire circus tour going song by song uh, with musical director Simon Ellis. And we will be, in fact, um, playing some exclusive content. Uh, and we'll also be doing the same thing for the Femme Fatale Tour. So make sure you subscribe an Apple podcast to get notified right away when these episodes drop. Once again, my name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is The Original Doll. <laughs> the Original Doll.